With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Well, the expectation became reality. Pitt got crushed by Clemson. Hello and welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to a brand new episode of Unscripted, the Cardiac Hill podcast. I'm your host, Corey Cohen, and uh, in this episode, we'll be talking largely about that uh, that pit football game a glance against Clemson, the number three team in the nation. And uh, there's not a ton to talk about, uh, but we will talk about that. And uh, we'll also touch on pit basketball. I'm working on a uh, full basketball season preview uh, that should be coming up in the next uh, week or two. Uh, but for now, uh, we will talk uh, just a little bit about pit basketball and uh, and uh, primary pit men's basketball, I should say. But primarily, we'll be talking about pit football. So that Clemson game, Clemson, they really are that good. They are, I would say, almost definitely the second best team in the nation, and they could absolutely beat the top team in the nation, Alabama, on any given Saturday. Uh, or Monday, if it's a national championship game. Uh, they obviously are number three in the nation because they lost to Notre Dame, uh, but that was without Trevor Lawrence, their starting quarterback, uh, who had COVID. Completely understandable why Notre Dame is ranked number two. You have to rank na- Notre Dame number two. But do I think that Clemson is the third best team in the nation? No. No, Clemson's the second best team in the nation. And again, they, they could beat number one in a game, but certainly... Looking forward to Clemson and Notre Dame in an ACC championship game. As long as Trevor Lawrence is playing and Travis Etienne is playing, I don't see any way that Notre Dame wins that game. I just don't see it. So in this game, there just wasn't a shot for the Panthers. Clemson scored a touchdown just a couple of minutes into it. Then they scored again every few minutes in the first quarter. Pitt could not get on the board. By the end of the first quarter, the score was 31 to nothing, uh, which tells you pretty much everything you have to know about the game. Now, fortunately for the Panthers, they did not let the uh, the the trend continue because they were on pace for a final score of 124 to 0. That did not happen. Uh, and the final score looks a little bit more uh, understandable. Still not good, but talking about Clemson, it looks more understandable and forgivable. Uh, that said, this was not even a remotely close game at any point whatsoever. Uh, there, there was a split second, maybe, where uh, Clemson was up 38-17 to and Pitt had the ball back. And you think, okay, maybe, maybe if Pitt gets uh, a touchdown, then they're down 38-24. to that's two scores. It, maybe there's a chance. But even that would have been extremely far-fetched. And, of course, it didn't happen, and then Clemson went on to score two more touchdowns before the game was done. So Pitt never really had a shot in this. And, again, it really, I think, mostly comes down to Clemson being that good. And that's why I'm not going to harp on Pitt being terrible. I think if you hold Clemson close, if you lose by a touchdown or two touchdowns, it means you are an incredible team, or you at least had an incredible game. When you get blown out by Clemson, by a team that good, I don't think it says anything about you one way or the other. So I, I'm not going to go the hot take route 
and say that Pitt is awful and Pitt, if needed to cover the spread and only lose by three touchdowns to prove that they're a good team. No, I mean, this is Clemson. Come on. Clemson crushes everyone in their path. And the only teams they don't crush are when they get a little bit sloppy, a little bit lazy, but it's certainly uh, nothing that you can really handle. And then, of course, when, when Trevor Lawrence is out, uh, nothing you can control, I should say. And when Trevor Lawrence is out, of course, they lost to, uh, to Notre Dame. But this is not a team uh, that that even plays many teams close. This is the team that blows other teams out, and that's what they did to the Panthers. If anything, this made Pitt's last win in Death Valley the only team besides Clemson to win in Death Valley uh, in years now. It makes that even more impressive, that you're able to beat Clemson, a team that almost never loses, and if you take out Alabama, if you take Alabama out of that stat, really almost never loses, uh, and you put all that, plus give them the home field advantage in Death Valley, and that was, of course, when the stadium was full, although it was almost full on Saturday, but that's that's another story. That that was a mess. Uh, but you, you put all that together, and the fact that the Panthers beat Clemson at Clemson in Death Valley is truly remarkable, because it's almost unfathomable how a team can do that now uh, even without fans being packed, even with all the other variables, it just doesn't seem like any team can beat Clemson at full strength, and certainly not at Death Valley, and no one's done that since Pitt last did it, and this just makes that all the more impressive, because it's just so obvious that Clemson is far and away better than the rest of the ACC. It's just clear. And like I said, without Trevor Lawrence and Notre Dame, Notre Dame's a very good team, and I get them being number two. But Clemson's just better. It's Clemson and Alabama. They run college football. Ohio State can make a case. Notre Dame, in a good year, can make a case. You know, maybe Georgia, maybe Florida, something like that. But really, when we get down to it, college football, it's still a lot of fun. And if you're a Pitt fan, you're still rooting for wins and, and a good time and maybe an ACC championship appearance. I don't think you get it, but... You hope to get there, and then maybe a fluke happens. But the blessing and the curse of Clemson being in your conference, the blessing is that you get uh, some extra money because uh, the conference as a whole uh, gets the money that these teams make, and then uh, they, they divvy it up. And so Pitt benefits from, from some of this money that Clemson's making. Uh, the con, the downside, is that I don't know how Pitt is ever going to win an ACC championship. The only way is if you somehow, I mean, the, really the only way is a situation if you get into the ACC championship game, which in a normal year when you have divisions is certainly a possibility and should be the goal for this Panthers program. So you get into the ACC championship game and then you just hope for a very weird fluke to beat Clemson in that game. Uh, whether it's uh, a star player being out, like Trevor Lawrence was for Notre Dame, whether it's, I mean, who knows what it is. But that's really the only hope to win an ACC championship because Clemson and Alabama are by far the two best programs in the nation. And it's almost like they're playing another sport. It's almost like a completely different thing. It's almost like there should be a league between the NFL and college football, and it should be reserved precisely between Clemson and Alabama, and they should just play each other every single week and uh, we tally it up at the end of the year and, and see who has won more games. Those two programs are that much better than everyone. 
And you can make the case that it's not good for college football. It is good for college football. I, I don't know. But what I will say is that you just cannot hold uh, a team too accountable for getting crushed by either Alabama or Clemson. It doesn't say much about you. It just says a lot about them, which is that pretty consistently they dominate just about every team they play. And that's what happened. Uh, I did feel bad for uh, Kenny Pickett. Kenny Pickett had four touchdowns, a lot of them not his fault. They were either deflected off of a drop. The wide receiver drops were still a plague to this team, uh, or or they were deflected by a Clemson player. I, it just, it, they were not all, most of them weren't his fault. Uh, he played a solid game. It wasn't great. It wasn't as bad as the stat sheet shows. It's just, it's, it's Clemson's defense. And uh, it, it's a shame that Kenny Pickett, who they were talking about on the broadcast, I think it was uh, Todd McShay who was on the sideline, says, uh, said he thinks Kenny Pickett is the most underrated quarterback in the nation. And that's very possible. He's a really good quarterback. I don't know how much it'll translate into the NFL, uh, but certainly in terms of now, in terms of this season and his talent and his ability and his hustle and his grit, he is a really, really good quarterback. No one talks about it, but he's a very good quarterback. And I felt bad that he had uh, such a rough game. Jordan Addison, one of his receivers, was phenomenal, though. And you talk about all the wide receiver drops. The receiver drops some of its tight ends. And they're all there, and it's a big problem. And the receiver position still has its issues. DJ Turner last week, though, was incredible. And Jordan Addison in this game, it wasn't like a DJ Turner kind of a game, but he had a... Tyler Boyd, Larry Fitzgerald type catch, a Fitz Boyd catch, if you will. If Pitt Twitter can trademark that Fitz Boyd catch, the definition, a miraculous catch that nobody other than Larry Fitzgerald or Tyler Boyd could make. That is the definition of a Fitz Boyd catch. And Jordan Addison had one of those in the end zone. He is remarkably talented. He's the best freshman wide receiver, best freshman receiver for Pitt since Tyler Boyd, hands down. And Pitt is extremely fortunate that they're going to have him for another two years at least because Jordan Addison is damn good. And uh, and you just have to hope that Pitt finds a capable quarterback, assuming Kenny Pickett moves on after this season, that he doesn't try to get one more year in with the Panthers. You hope that the Panthers can find a capable quarterback because Addison needs someone throwing to him. He is that good. Doesn't have to be an amazing quarterback who throws it right on the money because Addison can go up and get it. He's he's extremely talented, but you, you need a capable quarterback for him because he's such a good wide receiver. You don't want to see his talent wasted because the talent is abundantly clear. There were some other good performances on the defensive end. DeMar Hamlin played well. Cam Bright, Rashad Weaver, they all had their moments. They all played pretty well. But again, Clemson is just on another level. And you can't gauge too much from it. So I know a lot of people on Saturday are pulling their hair out. of the... I, I just can't sit here and say that I expected that game to go dramatically differently. Would you have liked to see it maybe a little bit closer? Maybe Pitt scores one more, one or two more touchdowns? Sure, yeah. But I'm not going to say that that everything's a disaster because of that. I'm not going to sit here and, and question why didn't Narduzzi go for the touchdown instead of, instead of a field goal early. I, I mean, ultimately, you're playing Clemson. You're getting blown out. It is what it is. The, the first quarter, they turned it around. It was not so bad after that. And uh, if they had played 
like they did in the second, third, and fourth quarters all game, I think a lot of people would have been much more satisfied with that effort uh, because it, it was a whole lot more competitive. Uh, but like I said, ultimately, it's it's Clemson, and and it is what it is. You're, you're not, outside of extremely extenuating circumstances, you're not going to beat them, and you're not going to play them close. The last team to beat them was Pitt, and Lightning does not strike twice in the same place. Uh, so it just makes that last win more impressive. I will say this, moving forward, it is such, such, such a gift that the Pitt game versus Georgia Tech had to get pushed back. Now, the reason it got pushed back isn't a gift. There were a lot of COVID cases, and that's certainly a problem, and you hate to see anyone get diagnosed with this. That said, from a pure schedule standpoint, this was supposed to be the season finale for the Panthers. Clemson was supposed to be it. And that would have been a horrible way to end the season. To go into that game, maybe coming off of three wins, because Georgia Tech's not great, and so figure you beat Florida State, you beat Georgia Tech, you beat Virginia Tech, and things seem to be going well, and then you get stomped by Clemson, and then that's it. Boom, season over. And then you're just sitting around for weeks while the other conferences finish their schedules, and then they start assigning bowl games. I mean, that would be a horrible way to end the season. Like I said, fortunately for Pitt, not from a health standpoint, but purely on scheduling, uh, it is very good that the Georgia Tech game got pushed back and that they can finish the season with the Yellow Jackets down in Atlanta. So you don't have the taste of Clemson still in your mouth for the rest of the offseason. Uh, you're able to to just move on and you you have one more game and you can finish out the season strong because... Clemson punched Pitt in the mouth, and that is not the taste that you want to have until uh, next August or September. So it's certainly fortunate. They'll have this week off, and then they'll come back. It'll be a Thursday game on December 12th, and so you hope that Pitt can can get a win there. They certainly should be favored in that game, even though it's in Atlanta. But Pitt needs to, if they win that game and finish out the season strong, I think, okay, it was a weird season. It was an ugly season. The NC State, the Boston College, really bad losses. But outside of that, you lost to three of the best teams in the country. Clemson, Notre Dame, they're they're two and three. And then Miami, I, I certainly think, is a top 10 team. And outside of that, you, you won the rest of the games. You had two bad losses and then just three really, really, really tough games. And you can sort of pack it up and move forward. You're not going to get rid of Pat Narduzzi. They've got a good recruiting class coming in. You hope to figure it out at quarterback, and uh, and you go from there. If you get that win against Georgia Tech, you move into the offseason, and, and things are fine. If it's a loss, then it's a problem. Then you have more questions, and it's more uncomfortable for everyone. So for everyone's mental health and just everyone's benefit, uh, Pitt should go out and win that game because things will get a little bit uncomfortable uh, if they lose that game, I'm not suggesting that Narduzzi would be fired, but a lot of people would be unhappy and it would put Pitt in a rough spot heading into next season. And you notice that I'm not really talking about bowl games because it's unclear if there are going to be bowl games outside of the major ones. A lot of these bowl games have uh, canceled for this season, and especially the ones that the ACC has tie-ins for and that Pitt might go to or might have gone to. 
uh, the Pinstripe Bowl was canceled, the one in New York. They were supposed to have a bowl at Fenway in Boston. That was canceled. They just canceled the Sun Bowl in El Paso. So these are a lot of potential destinations for the Panthers that are coming off the board. And it's it's unclear if they'll be able to go to a bowl game. If this were a really good team, maybe even if they lost, if they still lost to all the teams they're supposed to lose to, Clemson, Notre Dame, Miami, but they just had one or two more points against NC State, two more points against Boston College, and you won those games, then you're talking, okay, even without the pinstripe and the Sun Bowl, you've probably got an invite to a pretty good bowl game that won't cancel. Uh, because they will get really high ratings, and and if they can sell tickets, they'll sell out however many, 25%, 50%, whatever it is. Uh, But that doesn't look like Pitt's going to be in that position. Uh, Pitt would go to a game like the Pinstripe Bowl, like at best the Sun Bowl, and those games aren't happening. So there's a good chance that Pitt will not have a bowl game and that Georgia Tech will be it. So you really want to finish out strong with that one because that's going to be what's left, the taste left in your mouth for months on end. Uh, so that that's going to be a really big game. Uh, we'll uh, we'll talk about it after that game uh, coming up in, uh, in, in a couple of weeks. Like I said, that game is December 10th. Uh, in the meantime, we're hoping to do a basketball season preview uh, but we will see what happens uh, with that game. But like I said, it is probably going to be the last one of uh, the season for the Panthers. So you really want to finish that one out strong, especially with good recruiting class coming in. Hopefully a non-COVID year next year if everyone gets vaccinated and everyone's healthy and everyone does the the, the medical, the right medical uh, protocols and practices. Hopefully next year we'll be back to some semblance of normal. And, uh, and then Pitt can really show what they can do out on that field. So we'll see. Uh, we are going to take a quick break. I'm going to come back. I'm going to do my, uh, my college football top 10. I did it last season. I'm going to start doing it now. The college football playoff is doing it. I'm going to give mine. And then I'll talk about Pitt basketball for a little bit before we wrap up. Stay with us. You're listening to Unscripted. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Okay, we are back on Unscripted. So I want to mention uh, what I have as the top 10, and I'm going to be doing this weekly from here on out, uh, and uh, and we'll see how it ends up. I have things a little bit different than the college football playoff committee. So number one, easy, Alabama. Best team in football, no doubt about it. They stomped their rival Auburn in a rivalry game without their head coach, Nick Saban. Alabama's number one. Number two, I know I said that Clemson's the second best team in the nation. I firmly believe that. But number two has to be Notre Dame because they beat Clemson. I completely believe that Clemson's going to beat Notre Dame in the ACC championship. I completely believe that Clemson is going to make it to the playoff and make it to the uh, college football championship. Just at the moment, Notre Dame has to be number two. They have the head-to-head win. Number three, easy, Clemson, like I said, second best team in the country. Number four, Ohio State. This is going to be a little tricky because Ohio State, they are the fourth best team in the nation, and they probably should be in the college football playoff, but there's a chance they might not even make their conference uh, tournament, their conference championship game, because the Big Ten, 
requires you to have six games to play in your conference championship, in the Big Ten championship game. And Ohio State just had another game canceled because of COVID uh, protocols. And so it's looking like there's a good chance that they can't play. They've got two more games coming, Michigan State and Michigan. If one of those gets canceled, Ohio State, unless they change the rules, which, of course, anything is possible, but if they don't, then Ohio State can't play in the Big Ten Championship. I don't know what that does. Maybe they still make the college football playoff without winning the Big Ten Championship. That's certainly possible, especially since there won't be another team in the Big Ten that's undefeated now that Northwestern has lost. Certainly possible that Ohio State gets in without a Big Ten Championship game. But everything could change. That could just throw a monkey wrench into it. So I've got Ohio State for number five. I've got Cincinnati. This team, this program is severely underrated. They are a remarkable team. Uh, they crush almost all of their opponents. The only one they didn't was UCF uh, a couple of weeks ago. And uh, still, they, they could have won that by a very comfortable margin. They chose not to get a, an easy touchdown at the end to just kill the clock, and they won by three. But they should have won by ten. Every other game, they've blown out their opponents, uh, including good opponents, Army, uh, at SMU. I mean, this is a very, very good Houston, Dana Holgerson. This is a very good Cincinnati team. And just because they are in the American Athletic doesn't mean they don't deserve the respect. They should be number five. Number six, I've got Texas A&M. And number seven, I've got Florida. Now, on the eye test, I think Florida is better than Texas A&M. That said, they did play each other. And even though it was at College Station, and even though it was a three-point game, and even though it was it was just week three of the season, Texas A&M won. So the, the Aggies have to be on top of Florida. That just is how it goes. That said, uh, this is a situation that's going to resolve itself. Florida has a good chance to make it to the SEC championship game. We'll, of course, see what happens there. But I, I definitely think that Florida's better than Texas A&M, but Texas A&M has to be ranked slightly ahead. So A&M 6, Florida 7. Number 8, I thought severely underrated, is BYU. I've got them number 8. Uh, say what you want about the university um, and, uh, and and some of the um, uh, rules that they have for their students, for their athletes, uh, and, uh, and certain, you know, protocols and, and things like that uh, that, uh, that many people may disagree with. All that said, BYU football is really good. They have not lost a game. They crush teams. They dominate teams. They played at Boise State on the blue turf. Boise State ranked 21 in the nation. BYU won 51 to 17. This is a great team. And uh, again, in my opinion, they were ranked 14 by the College Football Playoff Committee. In my opinion, they are the eighth uh, best team in the country. They should be ranked top eight. There was an 18 playoff, as I think there should be an 18 playoff. They would make it in. I'd want to see them make it in and see what they could do. Uh, but. For now, it's virtually no chance they'll be able to make it into the college football playoff. That said, I would love to see them schedule a Pac-12 team. I'd love to see them schedule someone to really have a head-to-head -head matchup where we could compare teams. But I do think that BYU is that good, and I would put them up against almost any other team in the nation. Number nine, I've got Georgia. Again, a really good team. They just lost to uh, two really good teams. They lost to uh, Alabama in Tuscaloosa, and uh, and they lost to Florida. Again, I think the Gators are phenomenal. By the eye test, probably the sixth best team in the nation, uh, maybe even fifth, uh, depending on Cincinnati. But Georgia, two losses. They're not going to make it into the playoff, but I've got their number nine. And then number 10, Miami. They haven't impressed me a ton, 
but a lot of teams haven't impressed me a ton. Notre Dame was ranked high, uh, but uh, then they lost. Uh, you've got uh, Oklahoma. They've lost two games. Maybe should have lost a third. Indiana, not they've had one good win. Uh, they they don't look like a great team. Um, and well, even you could argue that they don't even have one good win because uh, the their two ranked wins are Penn State and Michigan. Michigan is awful this year, and Penn State is pretty bad too. So uh, they they did play Ohio State close. I think Indiana's pretty good. They just lost their starting quarterback, but I wouldn't put them in the top ten. Uh, Oregon, no. Wisconsin, no. I mean, there's just not a clear tenth best team. So you got to give it to Miami. Uh, they did not look good against Virginia Tech, but the only game that they've lost this year is to Clemson. Again, completely understandable. So that's my top 10. I'll be updating it each week. Uh, and uh, feel free to yell at me about it on Twitter at Corey E. Cohen. Uh, I'd love to catch up with you there. And then finally, before we go, uh, Pitt Basketball. Just want to hit on them. Uh, they now have two games under their belts for this season. Uh, and the first game was atrocious. It was against St. Francis, and they lost by 10 points, 80 to 70. Uh, outside of, uh, there was maybe one good performance. Everyone else was terrible. Just, just terrible. It was, it was Audis Tony, and that was about it. Uh, that said, they turned it around in their second game. Well, a couple players did. Three players turned it around in their second game. They got a nine-point victory over Drexel. It should have been much more. There were three great performances. Xavier Johnson, 27 points, eight assists. Audis Tony, 20 points, six assists. And Justin Champagny, 19 points, seven assists. That's what you want to see. You want to see them continue. And they were efficient, by the way, shooting. You want to see that continue. You want to see those three play at that level. The problem is everyone else. You cannot have a team of three good players in at this point in Jeff Capel's uh, tenure. Uh, you, you have to have, this is his third year, you have to have more than that. You have to have at least capable players. And they very well may be on this roster. We'll see. But so far, they haven't shown up. Uh, Ithiel Horton, new guy, haven't seen much from him. Uh, Abdul Kareem Koulibaly, new guy, played you know some last year. Haven't seen much from him. Uh, Drumgool, haven't seen much from him. And then you've got uh, freshman, William Jeffress, who I, I think has a lot of talent, a lot of potential. Haven't seen much from him. Uh, Hughley, John Hughley, who is uh, another freshman, a big. Haven't seen much from him. Noah Collier, who I saw in high school. Uh, haven't seen much from him. So uh, there's a lot still to uh, to look out for with this team and like I said, I'm hoping to do a season preview episode for Pitt Basketball. But so far, you've got three players who look like they are legitimate, uh, very good players for this squad, legitimate ACC starters in Johnson, Tony, and Champagny. You need to grow from that. You don't need to have more stars, but more capable players who can consistently score eight points a game, get a few rebounds, play good defense, because so far... The Panthers haven't really seen that, and it led to a loss against St. Francis and uh, an unimpressive win against Drexel, and they're really going to have to turn things around because so far it's looking like a pretty ugly season, and uh, with the times we are in, uh, if you're a Pitt fan, you can't have an ugly Pitt football season that had some bright moments, but a mostly ugly Pitt football season going into an ugly Pitt basketball season. But like I said, we'll, uh, we'll stay on that talk about basketball men's and women's uh, moving forward but for now that is it uh, for this episode thank you all so much for listening uh, please subscribe to the podcast wherever you get them search for cardiac hill 
and uh, subscribe. You'll get the episodes right to your phone when they drop. And uh, you can also follow me on Twitter at Corey E. Cohen, C-O-R-E-Y-E-C-O-H-E-N. Until uh, next time, I am Corey Cohen signing off from Unscripted, the Cardiac Hill Podcast.